When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, in every crisis, there are opportunities. And if there can said to be a silver lining to this current pandemic, it's forcing our leaders in government and industry to reassess our disastrous trade relationship with China as we've come to the realization that we've allowed a communist dictatorship to capture 80% of our critical pharmaceutical manufacturing, including life-saving drugs like penicillin and products like ventilators that we've heard so much about. To talk about this, we're joined now by Dan D'Amico. Dan's the former CEO of Newcore Steel Company and serves as a trade advisor to Donald Trump during the 2016 presidential campaign. Dan is also chairman of the Coalition for a Prosperous America, and you can find them online at prosperousamerica.org. They're a group of manufacturers, uh, farmers, ranchers, and labor organizations designed to, to forward the American economic agenda. Dan's also the author of American Made, Why Making Things Will Return Us to Greatness. You can find that on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble. Dan, for th- thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Jim. Thank you for having me. So uh, we're coming to the realization now that uh, our leaders in Washington and in Wall Street have allowed our critical life-saving pharmaceutical industry to be almost entirely offshore to the point where we no longer even manufacture penicillin in this country. I saw a hit on uh, Fox Business yesterday. I just caught the tail end of it, but they were, uh, they were plugging the efforts that the Coalition for a Prosperous America were up to. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well, the Coalition for Prosperous America is something that I encourage your listeners to look into. You can do that at prosperousamerica.org and uh, visit our site and see all of the issues and news items and research that we've done on a whole host of issues. Uh, the most recent of which has to do with the uh, uh, problems encountered and brought to light for the, for the American people probably for the first time uh, with respect to where our medicines are manufactured. And not only where the medicines are manufactured, but where the ingredients for the medicines come from, whether the medicines are made in India or in Europe, or the, the little bit that's made in the United States, um, everything ha- follows back to, the, to China. All of the manufacturing of antibiotics, the manufacturing uh, of many of our, our, our uh, drugs, um, and also the ingredients to go to, to all the other places in the world to make similar drugs, um, all come out of China. And uh, it's, it, it's amazing that we've allowed ourselves to outsource our manufacturing. Um, and this is something that the 
coalition and myself personally have been battling for 20 years. Um, it's amazing we've allowed that to happen. The naiveness of which our manufacturers, uh, our CEOs, our financial people, the Wall Street investment for, uh, folks that provide the money to this outsourcing trend that's gone on for 20 plus years. It's the naiveness that somehow we could rely on a communist, Chinese communist government or any communist government to be our source of manufactured products, most recently highlighted by the fact that they're almost the sole manufacturer of our medicines, our vitamins. You know, I, uh, I I was well aware that we had offshored critical industries like uh, steel production, and you've had great success bringing that back. And uh, even uh, parts that go into our military uh, hardware. But until this happened, I, I just could never have believed that our national government would have allowed us to become so vulnerable to offshore uh, these critical, you know, life-saving medicines to communist China. The last I looked, most of a lot of this stuff, I should say, was manufactured in Puerto Rico because it was an American territory and and uh, enjoyed certain tax benefits. Uh, and I wonder, you know, if uh, if Puerto Rico's uh, disastrous um, condition uh, wasn't partly uh, attributable to the fact that, you know, we, we took all of those industries away from them and sent them over to the, to the Chai Coms in, in uh, a communist nation. Well, here's exactly how that process works. And it's not just Puerto Rico, but it certainly happened with respect to the antibiotics and medicines that were being manufactured there, as well as elsewhere in the United States. And that is the Chinese government heavily subsidized and basically put their state-owned, state-controlled enterprises in full gear to undermine the manufacturing of medicines by dumping medicines and ingredients at very, very low, heavily subsidized prices that forced everybody to either go out of business or move their operations to China. And our government stood by idly and let that happen. And uh, so it wasn't something that some guy decided Puerto Rico anymore. It was something driven by the actions of the Chinese Communist Party and the state-owned enterprises that they controlled and that they subsidized to undermine and take over the pharmaceutical industry. You know what's so uh, especially what's so especially uh, maddening about this is a lot of the research and development for those life-saving drugs that, that China is manufacturing and enjoying the economic benefits of were paid for by U.S. taxpayers. So the U.S. taxpayers get to pay to develop these drugs through, you know, through their taxes, and then we offshore the economic benefit for the manufacturer to our economic rivals. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is a point that I can't emphasize enough to your listeners. This is much bigger than just pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals is the issue that you are all going to be made aware of because of the coronavirus outbreak, which was also initiated in China, as have four out of the five last major global viruses uh, all come out of China as well. That's, an, that's, a, that's a topic that needs a lot more attention, too. They're, they're basically yeah. uh, claiming that any discussion of that is verboten and, and off limits uh, when, in fact, you know, so many of these viruses come out of China with their their yeah. third world uh, food practices. Well, it's you know, I don't know exactly what the reasons why they come out of China, but uh, they do. That's a fact. 
Um, and and so, but my point to your listeners is this is something that's befallen the entire U.S. manufacturing sector, and now they're trying to, to, to basically uh, include our financial services industries that in the same uh, pattern of d- disaster that has engulfed our manufacturing sector. But Pred- it's not just drugs. Predatory it, practices. It's auto parts. It's supply chains. Now, the good news in all of this is you, the American people, and through the efforts of organizations like the Coalition for a Prosperous America and many others who've been fighting this battle for 20 years or more, we are going, the American people are going to say, enough's enough. All right, this is going to stop. We're going to vote you guys out of office. All you globalists have been taking this globalization to an extreme where you've concentrated our manufacturing in a communist country that is at war with us in every sense of the word except dropping bombs. All right, they're not doing that, but they're doing everything else. They don't have to drop bombs if they can if they can conquer us economically. Exactly, because they know, and they've learned from history that if you control, if you have the world's strongest economy, you control the world. If you have the world's strongest economy, you have the world's most powerful armies and navies and military. Um, and uh, so their goal all along has been to undermine our economic strength because they knew that would undermine our uh, national security and military strength. I mean, the reason we defeated the Russians in the Cold War is because we bankrupt them. Exactly. Right? It was it was an effort on the part of the U.S. to, to put them in a situation where economically they could not go toe-to-toe with us, and, 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 and their efforts to try caused them to go bankrupt, and the USSR collapsed. Um, and, and so the Chinese have seen this, and they, and they understand. They understand what they need to do. They need to destroy our economy. It's us who have been blinded by uh, short-term profit gains, uh, where the CFOs and, and, and the CEOs of our multinational companies um, took, it, took things to an extreme in moving our manufacturing over there. And it, it wasn't just for low-cost wa- uh, wages. Wages are not the issue. They weren't back then, they aren't today. It's much bigger than all that. I've talked about this before. It's all the subsidies and the currency manipulation. All the advantages the Chinese government gave to their own companies and to foreign companies to come there and the incentives they gave them to come there. Um, And we allowed it to happen. And we had this false notion that, well, politically, you know, we should encourage their economic development because if we do, they're going to become more democratic. And the Chinese Communist Party was sitting there going, I'm the spider, you're the fly. Come to me, all right? Come into my web. Sure, you guys want to believe that, that's great. And we're going to, we're going to let you think that, and we're going to just absorb everything and steal your IP, force you to the point where you can't own a majority of the business here. We will own it. Then we're going to take your technology and create our own state champions, and then we're going to go out and destroy your economy and your companies and your manufacturing base, and then undermine your military strength and your national security. That's what they've been about for 30 years. We're finally waking up, and the only reason we're waking up is because we have a leader now in Washington who gets it. His name is Donald Trump. You know, Heaven I t- forbid he doesn't get reelected. You know, I tell people uh, a lot that uh, we, you know, we've got a free market, laissez-faire economy in the United States, 
And we've allowed uh, these corporations to get so big and, and have uh, such a corner on the market uh, that they're able to do this to us. Um, people need to understand that a corporation is sort of an artificial entity. It doesn't have a conscience. It doesn't have any sense of patriotism. It serves the bottom line. And if you don't have people that, uh, that have the nation's best interests at heart heading those corporations, this is the inevitable result because they will continue to chase um, you know, the lowest possible price for everything. And that's what's happened, as near as I can tell, for the last 40 years is uh, one industry after another, including steel, including electronics, including you know, high-value production, uh, has been offshore to China. And I just wonder what it's going to take to address this issue uh, and extract ourselves from this globalist trap. Here's the thing, Jim. It's 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 not. I would have to disagree with the the comments you just made about it. it's all due to to the people running these corporations. You have to understand. But if they don't serve the, the bottom line on the next quarterly report, Dan, they'll be gone, and they'll find somebody that will. But you, what you need to understand is it's more than just that. Okay, many good companies that are patriotic in their in the way that they approach running their businesses, they care about their customers, they care about their employees, and do everything they can to support a strong American economy, get undermined by the Chinese government. Well, they get undermined by the Chinese government, and they also get undermined by other corporations that don't hold those same values. I have no doubt that there are plenty of uh, patriotic, you know, old-school uh, companies in this this country, you know, if you look back in our history, uh, we've got so many examples of that. The, these big titans of industry put their workers and their communities first. But as the pressures have built, you know, to to deliver for shareholders, I've seen it just um, morph into this profits at all costs, including the well being of the nation. Well, listen, I'm not here to argue that point with hey, you. Hey, that's what you're here. That's all what I'm, I'm here for. Dan, I love a little I'm bit of argument. You. you you may be right. Well, and I'm, I'm glad, to, glad to hear you. What I'm saying to you, Jim, is much bigger than that. Okay? It's one thing, yes, exactly what you said has taken place. We've, we've, we've focused on shareholders, not our employees, not on our country, not on patriotism, not on keeping America strong. When too many of our companies today, particularly multinationals and that have been sucked in by the short-term globalization phenomena, the extremes in globalization that they've taken things to. But you have to remember, our government encouraged this through Democratic and Republican administrations because they thought that they could turn China into a more of a democracy if the middle class was enriched by having a stronger economy. Okay, that was a big miscalculation. The Chinese communists ha- had their own long-term strategy, and it was to take advantage of that. So here you here you've got business leaders being encouraged, and also looking for for moving and outsourcing for the wrong reasons. Okay. And not understanding that they were creating a monster. And, and that's exactly what's happened. So it's not just been corporations. It's not, but it, it also has involved our own government administrations and our, and our mistaken idea that we could somehow dem- cause China to become a democracy or more of one, more like us. Well, no, there's no and, doubt that there's no and, doubt that the government. Cre- All right, go I ahead. Gotta, let me finish. Jim. I will. Let me finish. Jim. Go ahead. 
and the fact that the Chinese communists took advantage of this to the extreme it was part of their plan. Okay, they said, "Hey, this is great stuff." All right, and they never had any intention, and they never were going to allow their country to become a democracy. They were going to just take advantage of our misguided focus and use it against us. And they did. And we kept playing into that. And we never got smart enough. It didn't matter whether it was the Bushes or it was the Clintons or it was the Obamas. None of them were smart enough. The last guy that was smart on this stuff was Reagan. Ross Perot. Ross Perot was, uh, was, uh, you know, uh, sounding the alarm. I'm talking about guys who were running the country as president. For sure. Okay. Ross Perot, Ross Perot certainly issued the warnings that weren't heeded, but we had leaders that should have known better. Okay, they should have been looking out for the country, and they should not have taken for granted what the Chinese communist strategy was. Now we know what it is. Now they've come out and said themselves they want to dominate the world in every industry of the future, using the same tools they used to undermine every other manufacturing in our pharmaceutical industries. Okay, they've come out and said that in their China 2025 thing. Well, certainly right. the government is responsible for creating the environment for a, uh, an economy that serves the interests of American workers, American companies, American stockholders, and the national interest. But so many of these, uh, these big corporations really control what goes on in Washington. So my question to you is, how do we extract ourselves from this situation? Do we need legislation similar to what uh, um, Josh Hawley is uh, advancing to uh, start protecting our critical industries? Well... You know, people get all nervous when you use words like protection, right? I don't. Um, to me, it's, it's not a matter of protection. It's a matter of enforcing the laws that people agreed to to access one another's markets. Okay? We haven't been doing that. It's not a matter of, you know, we, we have to somehow protect ourselves because we don't we, – we have a, a lousy, uh, non-unproductive, group of people in this country or something. The most productive workers in the world. What we have is we have laws that have been totally ignored because it didn't suit the purpose of our, of our own government to try and from a geopolitical standpoint, influence the the politics of the world. And because they were encouraged both here at home by our own government and incentivized by the Chinese government, to move businesses there and to conduct conduct businesses there. And if you just look at things from a short-term financial perspective, all right, the numbers say, yeah, do it. Now what we're learning is they never took into account the real costs to the American people, to our middle class, to the ability of our country to take care of itself, the real cost of all this outsourcing, the real cost of, cost of moving their businesses and their manufacturing overseas. And I would just argue that that's a level of naivete that's uh, really hard to wrap your mind around. Dan, I need to run to a break, but if you can hold through the break, I'd love to talk to you about this National Production Act and how you think the, the how good a job you think the president has done mobilizing private industry to address this virus. Stick with us. We'll be yeah. right back. Mojo. Thank you. 
Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-631-9241. That's 800-631-9241. And we're on with Dan D'Amico, chairman of the Coalition for a Prosperous America, talking about this uh, this trade relationship with China and uh, and our response to the coronavirus. Dan, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, the president is getting a lot of pressure to enact these this National Production Act and force companies, private sector companies, to uh, manufacture products and supplies to address this crisis, while the president has preferred to take a path of uh, encouraging our, uh, our, our big corporations and small businesses to, to respond. And it looks like that has been successful. We've now conducted more tests in the last eight days than South Korea, which is said to be a model of the response to this virus uh, than they were able to do in the previous eight weeks. So what, uh, what grade do you give the president on mobilizing private industry to, uh, to help out in this crisis? I give, give him an A for his leadership to accomplish that and bringing the private sector together and making it a public private private public partnership. Um, it's, it's, uh, something that, you know, the remains to be seen how, how effective that's going to be with all of the, uh, companies that we need to respond in a positive way. Um, but overall, I think that he's done a great job of leading that effort, bringing the, the private sector together and getting them to, uh, to, to, to work on coming up with the, uh, both the cures to the virus, the, the medicine, the vaccines, but also to put together the manufacturing effort to build more ventilators, to build, to get more masks and, and, and safety garments that our medical staffs have to use to stay safe while they treat our sick. Um, I think he's done a great job at that. However, there, there are forces out there that will work to ignore or undermine those efforts. Um, and so you need to hit, he needs to have the tools available to him to be completely effective in what he's doing to say, Hey, you over there, we expect you to double your production of ventilators and whatever it is you need, you let us know and we'll make sure you get it. You know, and Oh, by the way, you know, you're making your ventilators here. Uh, are you exporting some to other countries? Now, we don't want to stop exporting to other countries, but, okay, if those other countries have stopped exporting their medical supplies to us, why are we sending products from here to there? Okay? You know, everybody needs to come together and, and help support the global effort, but we need to also make sure that we're taking care of ourselves here. 
Okay. You know, the only and, quibble and I would take with the president is is he and when he's answering these questions, he always points out that he has that uh, to use as a as a as leverage if he needs to. And he, he says that uh, these manufacturers are stepping up without that. I think he needs to praise these companies more. You know, I saw a story where uh, Mike Lindell, a big uh, manufacturer, my pillow has converted his factories almost overnight to produce, uh, you know, 75% of his production now is producing these, uh, these N95 face masks. And I think this is a great opportunity to really praise and, uh, and celebrate the American way, uh, you know, where you have a free market that is much quicker in responding, uh, than any sort of government oversight. I've always, I tell people, you know, if you want to turn the response to this coronavirus into uh, a trip to the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles. You just start, uh, you know, telling companies how to run themselves and what they're going to produce and, and putting them on schedules. I, I think that these companies want to do the right thing. Well, you know, that's great. We live in a perfect world and the Kumbaya and everybody loves one another. We sing the, we sing the Coke commercial to one another every day. Give me a break, Jeff. The world is not perfect. You yourself just got, you yourself just got through attacking all these companies. I'm not attacking all of them. I'm, ta- I'm attacking, I'm attacking right? the ones that are selling us out. Let's, let's be, let, let's be realistic. My friend, I know you're a champion and a patriot. Let's be realistic. Okay. When we were at war, a lot of companies stepped up, but the government also has to, had to encourage and support the efforts of those companies to do those things. And that's all I'm saying, okay. that they should be celebrated. And, 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 and you, can't, you can't just say, oh, the companies are going to do it, and great, that stuff, and they'll do it on their own. No. You have to have behind that the force of the government that says, if you're not going to do it, we're going to intervene. We're going to force you to do it. Because this, we are in a wartime situation here when it comes to dealing with this virus and to fighting this virus. And, 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 so, and the only way that we're going to win this is if we're all in this together. And so, yes, the president took the right step, bring the private sector together. But I'm telling you, not everybody out there, all right, has the same motivation. There are a lot of companies in this country that manufacture here that are from elsewhere and, have, and are beholden elsewhere. Okay, and when it comes to ventilators in particular, we do have a few companies that make ventilators a company, but they're all foreign-owned for the most part, and uh, some of the parts have to come from China. Okay, and 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 they have this concern about well, you know, we do ship some of our ventilators to Europe and other places in the world, but we don't want you to come in and tell us you can only make them for here. Okay, or, well, okay, if that's what you want then show us how you're going to double, triple your production so that you can do all that. And if you can't, if you're not going to willing to do all of that, and you can't do all of that, then we may have to make some hard decisions about where those ventilators go. I think a good example of that is when, I think a good example of that is, you know, the, uh, the president was touting this, uh, this joint venture with uh, GM and a, another pharmaceutical company to generate or to manufacture these ventilators. And now we're turn, we're learning that the the cost to gear up, you know, from zero to do that is exorbitant. So maybe that's a case where the president will have to order some of these U.S. based foreign owned companies to manufacture for the domestic market. I just all I'm saying to you is that you took the right first step. Get everybody to come together and support the American people, okay, on this issue. But I'm also telling you that the world is not a perfect place. 
and there's a significant role for the government to have the ability to step in if they need to. And that's what the president has made very clear. We will use this Powers Act to step in if we need to. Dan, and we got to gonna be a case where he's going to have to do that. You can count on it. Dan, we got about a minute left. I want to give you an opportunity to tell everybody about your book, American Made, why making things will return the U.S. to greatness uh, and uh, and where they can get that and uh, and why they should buy it. Well, you can get it on Amazon. It's not a very expensive book. All profits, all my profits go to veterans, not into my pocket. Um, It's an excellent book. It'll give you both a historical perspective about how we got to where we are and what we need to do to get out of it. And I encourage you even more to get involved with the Coalition for a Prosperous America, which touches over four to six million households in this country and is diverse, bipartisan, manufacturing, agricultural, ranching, union, you name it, organization working to make America more prosperous for the middle class and to build a strong economy for the future. Fantastic. Dan D'Amico, thank you for joining us. ProsperousAmerica.org for the Coalition of a Prosperous America. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again next week right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. If you have thyroid eye disease and the pain in the back of your eye is forcing bad words from your mouth, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com.